What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Mongols Podcast, sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. I'm Mike. With me is Kev, Josh, Lar, Ellen, Justin, and Steve. Together, we're going to look back on the 2019 season for the Hounds and share some thoughts on the highs, the lows, and everything in between. Let's go! I think that's a great question. Now we got to get into the nitty gritty. So I'm excited that everybody's here, but we got to just tee this up right away. Justin, you got beef with Kev. Just go. Just get him now. Go get him. I'm not. I, listen, there's just a thing. When someone is not on the podcast to defend themselves, you can't bring them into the conversation. You take so, shots. That's Yeah, you take shots. You do not take shots at anybody on our version of this podcast, and you're just taking shots at my teams. It's, it's hard. Listen, this 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 last month of soccer has been hard for me. Watching Tottenham completely fail in the Premier League, watching the Union bow out of the MLS playoffs, and the Riverhounds bow out of the USL playoffs. This has been hard, and you just added to my misery. So thanks for doing that. <laughs> you are welcome. Now I feel bad. Yeah, I, I mean, there's no. No, you don't. No. <laughs> He's a Tottenham fan. You shouldn't feel bad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is going to be a fun one. Um, (laughs) Start lighthearted. Let's get started. That's right. That's right. That's right. Okay, so to set the table here, obviously we got a packed crew here. Um, The idea is that typically at the end of the season, we'd like to do sort of almost like a wrap-up show. We've talked before about how we really don't go away. I was already sort of looking at the schedule coming up, and it was like, yeah, we'll probably want to talk to Tuffy and Lily. And then it's like, before you know it, you're in January and you're already planning for 2020. So um, we're still going to keep doing shows, but it is always good to sort of take a beat and look back and uh, and just sort of have some perspective on what just happened. So um, we did so- solicit questions from listeners, and so we got a ton of questions from a ton of different people. Um, so we really, really appreciate that. But uh, guys, I wanted to sort of start just really high level, open ended, and let's just get you know favorite moment from the Hounds in 2019. It could be anything from any of the games. It could be a particular game. It could be be a particular moment. It could be a tailgate. Anything. It could be anything. So, um, Steve, I'm going to start with you. What was your favorite Hounds moment of 2019? Oh, that's easy. Uh, Nico hits a rocket uh, from a set piece. Uh, after about an 80-minute weather delay. Um, And then Kenny comes rollicking up the field about 25 minutes later from open play. Just, I mean, amazing, amazing goal. Um, Ends up being a 3-0 win over Indy. Um, Favorite moment of the season, those two shots, because that's when I knew, like, this is a team that's going to win the East. Wow. Okay. That's, That's a pretty defining moment. Laura Ellen, favorite moment of 2019. Um, well, I think for me, the favorite moment was the preseason um, meeting for the uh, season ticket holders. And the reason Justin was making fun of me earlier because I was talking about this, but I think the thing, the reason why is because that is really the first time, especially for a lot of the new players, uh, the players who had come back from last season, you get to meet them, you get to hang out with them, you get to build this relationship um, or build the foundation of a relationship that just continued for the rest of the season. And so um, I think one of the things that 
I love so much about the Riverhounds is just the access that we have to the players. What you know after games, um, you know not before games, but but really after games. And so I think that just for me, like I think back on that. Um, I believe Shoes got this picture of you know I was telling some of the players about some of my work that I was doing and some of my research and, you know, their eyes were glazed over, but right. It was the thing that we remembered. (laughs) Right. And it's like how, you know, it's like the foundation of a relationship that we built. And, you know, I think that then, um, you know, bookends that with the last game of the season. And I realized that this may be like the last time that I see some of these players. Um, So I think that was just kind of my favorite moment and my favorite memory looking back on this season. I feel like you like started high and then like came <laughs> crashing back down. Just keeping it real. Ugh. Kev, favorite moment? Um, I, I'll be selfish and take two. Um, you turd. It was. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, fr- from being afar all season in Tennessee, um, you know, the first five minutes of the Louisville game, even though it ended in disaster, um, seeing the crowd there, seeing the record attendance, seeing all the passion, seeing all the support. I mean, that's, I've never seen Highmark like that. I've never seen soccer fandom in Pittsburgh like that. And that was, that was a huge, like, not aha moment or not like, but I mean, that was, it, it really kind of put an exclamation point at the end of a lot of really good things that are happening off the field uh, for the club. And that being the second thing, as far as happening off the field, um, I might be stealing your thunder, Josh, but uh, the pictures from when some of the Steel Army met them at the airport ah, and like see <laughs> and, and seeing like Mertz's face, like he was like, yeah, like that was that was great. I thought that, that was that was a really cool moment, too. So kind of everything that happened in the playoffs was incredible. Justin. Yeah. I mean, there's so many of them, and I was trying to think back just kind of on uh, some good ones, and, and trying to think back, like, even midseason, what were some of the good ones. Um, and I, I thought about Robbie Mertz's goal against Indy, in Indy. Um, it was such a good goal. It was probably one of the better ones that we had all season. Christian got the ball with his back to goal, kind of juggled it a little bit. It never really hit the ground, and then he hit it sort of off of Mertz's chest and somehow Mertz took it down and off the volley just nailed it past um, Evan Newton, I think. And and I just thought that that was sort of, that was probably Robbie's, it might have been his first goal, I think. Um, and so it, it was just a fun, I think that was just a fun breakout moment for him. Um, obviously, you know, he had a lot of good ones at home too, but um, I think that was just a really good one. Um, kind of from mid-season and in a part of the season where we weren't good. That's fair. Josh, do you need another minute since Kevin was a jerk and stole yours, or are uh, you good? <laughs> no, I mean, I'm still going to go with the airport, but oh, okay, that was good. my favorite yeah. moment. Uh, just, I don't know, it, the way it came together, um, it wasn't really a plan, plan thing. It was more of a, like, talking on Discord, talking with the Steel Army, like, hey, guys, let's do this. Let's, let's, let's meet them there. And then, like, everyone, like, jumping in be like okay cool and then like planning rides with people and and meeting up in like groups and just it, it was a whole thing that kind of kind of showcases the whole you know the fans getting together and wanting to do something for the team and seeing the team's faces as they like trickled out the airport because they had no clue that we we're going to be there so they didn't come 
in a rush. It wasn't like all of them showed up at one time. It's like slowly coming down the escalator with uh, Cinnabon and that kind of stuff. And <laughs> like, oh, wait, huh? And then like clapping and having a whole airport crew like wondering what the heck's going on. Uh, passengers just being like, uh, who are the, who, the what? What's going on? Championship? So it was fun. It was actually just uh, a cool moment because since they did all come out at different times, we actually got to hang out with a lot of the players as we are waiting for more players to come out. So it was just like talking with, you know, Greenspan about what the trip was like and their normal routine. It just kind of like just hang out with the team for a good, like half an hour uh, as we wait for everyone. And then bum rushing uh, Lily because he uh, kind of snuck by us uh, to go get the van. Cause he was driving the van with all of them. So he like parked the van outside in the, you know, uh, short-term parking area to, get the team on uh the bus and just like surprising him by showing up and him finally coming out and taking a picture with us so that was just the whole moment was just fun and uh you know as a riverhounds fan there's not always a lot to celebrate as far as champions or anything like that but making first in the east was a huge deal and it was cool to actually show them that we cared yeah no, that's awesome. Especially the, you know, don't let Lily escape sort of thing. Which we <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I don't know if he planned it because I don't even know if he knew we were there. It's just that he just doesn't usually apparently meet the or go into the airport in the baggage claiming area. He just kind of goes right to the, the van and pull the van around for the team. Yeah. Hopefully something that we can, uh, well, I shouldn't say start as like a yearly trend. You know, hopefully maybe we're, we're locking down first in the East at home and then we're not traveling to the airport. But still, it's, yeah, I mean, it, it's really cool how it came together. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I guess that my favorite moment was, uh, I've talked about this on the show, I think it was the Hounds game in New York against Red Bulls. I think that was the moment for me when we went down one nothing and then basically playing a style that... It was like, is this sustainable? And then the team just sort of stuck to their guns and ended up winning. I think it was two to one. I could be misremembering that. But regardless, that was a moment for me where I think hope turned into belief for this organization, where you always sort of watch a game and you hope the team's going to win. But in the back of your mind, there's always that little nagging thought of like, well, are they really going to win? And I think seeing what the team was able to do there just took all of the hope that I had for the season and turned it completely into belief. And it was it was like flipping a switch where it's like, you know what, we are we we can win this. Like we are gonna win. We are like the best team. We just went out and, you know, dictated a game to a team that was on fire. They were the number one team in the league at that point. Um, and we did it in New York and it just yeah, it, it was it was a great moment. So that's our list of uh, favorite moments. Guys, let's keep this ball rolling. Most surprising player of the season. This one was submitted by Dan Yost. Lar Ellen, I'm going to I'm going to throw to you first. <laughs> Who was the most surprising player of the season for you? Um Justin is again I did some homework and tried to answer all these questions before we started recording and so Justin was editorializing all my choices. <laughs> so but I'm sticking with them. Um so my most surprising player of the 2019 season is Ryan James. And the reason for that is he didn't have a great year last year for Nashville. He didn't play a whole lot, didn't have any assists, and I think even the first couple games of this season didn't wasn't like really looking that great and I think 
a lot of us, and by a lot of us, I think mostly me, I was like, why did Lily bring him in? This doesn't really make oh, you, sense. You weren't alone. Yeah. yeah no, there were a lot um, of people. Yeah. Uh, but he really ended up being a, a, an amazing playmaker and a, and a key playmaker maker for our team. He had six assists this season, which, um, you know, he didn't have any goals, but he really was involved a lot. Um, and just even, you know, I'm going to bring up the Louisville game, but, like, even just watching that game, he was just continually pushing himself and making those um, runs up the field and then, you know, getting back on defense. And so um, for me – that was uh, the most surprising player. I was just surprised how he kind of showed up when he had to show up. Um, so, Ryan James. Justin, since you were editorializing <laughs> her pick, who, who's your pick? Uh, I mean, my pick's Robbie Mertz. But, I, I, I mean, I think we did had no idea what we were getting with Robbie Mertz. And I think that that turned into a lot of good things. Um, and so... Uh, on on second look at the stats, I mean, Ryan James was phenomenal, outstanding. Uh, you know, looking at his stats from last year, I, I'm not judging that choice at all either. Um, I think, you know, both Mertz and James were great um, most of the season. And I think um, just, uh, you know, even thinking about James in the Louisville game, the goal came of assist at left back as – they were out of position on a corner and Dover and James ended up switched and James still got the ball in and got it uh, for the assist in that, in, on that goal. So I think that there's, I mean, he's, he was incredible. And I think Mertz just uh, as a rookie, anytime somebody can stand out and make an impact. I mean, you look at that and go great. You know, we have something to build on for the next couple of years. So um, I think both of them are really good picks. Yeah. And, and I didn't sort of set this up as the precursor, but I guess if we have repeats, it's okay to have repeats. We don't have to like pick a different player for every. So Steve, yeah. you sort of got this look like what? So no, <laughs> I'm going to go to I, you next. I knew other people were going to pick Robbie Mertz. So I thought about it a little okay. more. Um, and for me, I think the other player for me that really stood out as a surprising player, we knew he was good. We knew what he could do. Um, but Jordan Dover um, taking a big step forward this year. Um, I did not expect to see the quality increase that we saw with him this year and that earned him an international call up he got to play in cleveland for his national team against the u.s i mean it was just an awesome opportunity because he really pushed himself forward this year and a great thing to see yeah absolutely it was a little bit weird when you said international duty followed by cleveland but you know <laughs> that happens josh who's uh who's your most surprising player no mine was actually going to be Mertz as well just because of the fact that it's it's almost like a dream come true situation where you know the hometown boy he comes in and you're thinking okay like i'm excited for this i hope he's good and then actually him doing so well uh his first season and it just was awesome to be able to you know just have that kind of dream moment happen and, and knowing that he was so invested in the team and growing up with the, the team uh in american soccer those stories are starting to become more of a thing, but it, it's still pretty new to be like, hey, I watched this team growing up, and then I got to play for them, and, you know, having that investment. So it, th that whole thing is just kind of storybook, and I'm so glad that he's doing well. Yeah. Kev, most surprising player? It's probably Mertz as well. Yeah, I mean, I, going back, I remember in the, pre in the preseason when we were talking about the players that we were acquiring. I mean, I'll speak for myself, but I think this was also a general sentiment. I mean, I was more excited for Velarde for whatever reason oh yeah um and 
it was kind of like, oh, Mertz, okay, yeah, it's this, okay, he's local, cool, whatever. Let's maybe he'll play a couple games. Um, and so to go from that to to having the season that he did, you know, starting playoff games and and making a serious impact um, is a really difficult thing to do uh, at this level. So yeah, no, I, I think that's that's really good um i'll I'll, tr- I'll try to be a little controversial and maybe throw in a conversation topic i mean you can you can say surprising kind of in the negative way as well um and say disappointing uh, but disappointing is too strong of a word let's put it i'll, I'll say like <laughs> are you introducing like a new in between yeah, between surprising is. and disappointing yeah. so let's put it this way like if if you have a certain expectation of a player and they don't meet it that's by definition, surprising, right? And or so, disappointing, also but disappointing. yes, <laughs> <It's> disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> but look, I can't. Well, then, if, if we're sticking with this, I can't say the player I'm going to say because I'm not disappointed in this player at all by any means. I'm just look for for as big as they were, both Greenspan and Adewale defensively were incredible this season. There and and I they they were pillars for a very strong defense, but with the height that the likes of Toby has and how good he is in the air to only get two goals in the season. It's a little on the, I mean, I, I would expect a bit more output out of big dominant center backs in the USL than two goals a season on Toby. Um, that's all. I just wanted to see more of a set piece presence. I'm tr- look, I'm not disappointed in Toby. I think Toby's had a good season, um, but I'm just, <laughs> I'm trying to throw that up. But okay. Let me, sure. let just to follow that up in Toby's sure. defense. How much do you think that the Hounds were game planning to get the ball on Joe's head? And Toby was like the second option. Exactly. Boom. Moving no. on. Here we go. Wait, 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 wait. Got him. I think this is the I, I really, time look, I think podcast I, that Kevin this, has been silent. <laughs> he always has something to say. I think, I, I, I really think, I mean, but this is impossible to know unless we actually, like, pin Lily down and ask him point blank. And even then he's not, I, I, if I had to guess nine times out of 10 in a set piece situation as the free kick taker or the corn taker, you're trying to put the ball in a dangerous area and have your big guys attack that area. And I, 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 I would be surprised if, you know, on the majority of corners of set pieces, you know, Canardo's looking at Joe and saying, I'm going to you. I think Canardo's looking at, I'm putting this in a dangerous area with pace, with power, with whip, and my big guys are going to get there. And so that that would be my own, only rebuttal. But look, I'm trying to be controversial. I'm trying, I'm trying to say. <laughs> there's plenty of time for that. Don't worry. There's, there's questions coming out that you can be controversial Good. with. To not, to not let you be too controversial, though, to keep you from your goal. Um, <laughs> I, I do think, like, you you know i think all of us i think all of us were expecting velarde to be important to this team or to contribute to this team in a big way but i do think anytime a a a rookie out of college can come in and make themselves known that that is a surprise in the american soccer system like i just don't think that that happens all that often so I do think Velarde also probably deserves mention in this question. Like he's not he he was not that far behind in stats as far as Mertz's stats go, and I think a lot of us look at Mertz and go, "Hometown boy, okay, really cool, awesome. Let's focus there because that's a better story." But I think Velarde in in less minutes was 
almost just as good as Merch. So I, I do think that there is, in in some way, Velarde was also surprising, but I think we also expected that out of him. Yeah, but I want you to contextualize those stats. I don't, I don't want to <laughs> contextualize. All there's, <laughs> no. There's, You're no. just pulling stats out without contextualization. <laughs> I am. No, I'm not. I'm uh. not actually because he played, he played like, 300 400 less minutes yeah, than Mertz and he still had situations where the opponents were nowhere near as good he was playing the bottom teams in the east more often than Mertz was all right i hope he's doing better to, he was still situation. he was We'd still have to a look rookie, at that though. that's true he was still a rookie that's though. true yeah i mean like, i don't think the comparison it, between what? him and Mertz is fair considering Mertz is sitting there playing down the stretch against india against louisville against nashville and velarde didn't get those opportunities well, also, I mean, Velarde, Velarde gets 11 starts. Uh, Mertz gets 21. I mean, so there's, yeah, anyway. Thanks, We're Kevin, the rails for, already. Uh, for <laughs> back on the rails. Yeah, let's get back on track here. <laughs> um, okay, let's do real quick MVP of 2019. I don't think, I mean, look, looking at the team, I, I, I didn't even pick a surprising player because I, I think you guys sort of summed up really well. But MVP of 2019, I feel like 1 through 11, you could pick any one of the players, and I don't think anybody would really have a strong argument against whatever it is that you pick. So let's just go through quickly, sort of rapid fire. MVP for the Hounds, 2019. Josh, who's your MVP? Forbes. Forbes. Justin? Greenspan. Kevin? Forbes. Ooh, Laura Allen? The Steel Army. Oh! Take that, players. Cop out. <laughs> That's not a cop out. Steve, Kenny Forbes. Forbes, yeah. Mike, yeah. I I would have to say Forbes as well. I think that the Steel Army got it right. Um, aside from saying the Steel Army is the MVP, um, I I'll give sort of the really brief explanation but i think that and i've said this before i feel like forbes is sort of the incarnate of lily's thinking on the field i think if lily could just like take his brain and put it in a player that player is forbes and he just sort of commands everything on the field and he sets the pace and just he he's worlds better than i feel like some of the stats will show like i what he was like second team all usl stat something or it was something bizarre but it's like clearly competitions like that are heavily based on how many goals you get. And that's never his thing. That's not his contribution. He scores, but like, that's not where he contributes to the team. And, and also us talking about Forbes too much. will bring Justin into backup Joe, but I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to say this, that what, I mean, I'm, I have the player stats pulled up and this is why I'm saying these like stats off the top of my, um, Forbes has 77 key passes over the course of the season. The next one down the list is Nico with 36. So he almost has double the amount of key passes than anyone else. And the second one is our striker. So, I mean, yeah, he was, he was pulling the strings, uh, in the midfield for sure. All right. Let's talk about most disappointing player of the season. This was also submitted by Dan Yost. Kev, you want to start us off here? What, uh, <laughs> no, no, I really don't. Uh, <laughs> most disappointing. Yeah. And and again, I think I think this is difficult because um, again, when your team finished first in the East, and we just talked about one through eleven, we can't. I can't even imagine replacing any of these guys. So to try to pick one and say that they were disappointing feels like 
you're sort of reaching because I think in previous years you could clearly look at players and be like they had a disappointing season um and it's just yeah all right I'll 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 cop out a little bit and say Valeski um because what I think um <laughs> I think what every couple hands in the air here from every, everybody what, else wasn't the stat every season Valeski has played he's gotten at least 10 um, and I don't know off the top of my head how many goals he got this season, but I don't think it was 10. Justin's holding up three. Um, so, yeah. that's. I mean, and part of that, obviously, he doesn't really get the minutes that he's probably afforded to get 10 goals. Um, but I think coming into the season, I mean, talking about expectations before between, like, Velarde and Mertz and all that kind of stuff, I think, I mean, I remember personally, I think I was, I might have even been, oh, no, I, I was probably more excited for Valeski than Dos Santos. Um, and Dos Santos has a much bigger impact across the season. So, yeah, I mean, it was disappointing. It's kind of a bit weird because it's not like he was playing every game and just kind of, you know, being terrible. He's had good moments throughout the season. But, yeah, I think I was just expecting more out of him. All right, Steve, you're up. Oh, I, I mean, half of that is exactly what I was going to say. But the stats aren't even what I care about with why he was most disappointing. It's the fact that those stats meant that he did not push the other strikers and push time for them. So we had two starting strikers and a guy coming off the bench that wasn't doing anything. And that's why he was disappointing for me. He needed to be the guy that was going to be pushing Duba and Nico for minutes, and he didn't do that at all. So abject failure in that aspect for me uh, for his season. And he's got to do better. Yeah. Justin, are you backing Valeski as well for this one? Yeah, I was I was just confused on, on – uh, I was confused on uh, Kevin's, like – unwillingness to admit it i think when you i remember having a conversation with lily preseason about you know he said oh man if we you know we got 15 you know we got that 17 goals from nico last year if we can get 10 from dos santos and 10 from valeski this season plus nico gets another that we're going to be ahead of where we were last season and i mean yeah we finished ahead of where we were last season but valeski didn't contribute to that so i just think i mean a lot of us i think we're like oh great valeski dos santos these are two guys that knows lily's system everything else and valeski just didn't i mean i think and we knew it from game one i mean game one we sat there and watched him miss opportunity after opportunity after opportunity against tampa and we lose that game two nothing and it just didn't look like he was in it this season i i don't know what that was i don't know if it was a change in system i don't know if it was not playing with the people he had played with I don't know if it didn't get minutes after enough minutes after that or whatever but uh I mean it just seems like he wasn't fully there this season whatever way that was um and I think that was pretty disappointing for me Lar Ellen do you agree I know you I know you personally like Valeski but what are your what are your thoughts on yes I think he's a wonderful human being um I mean I yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I think for me, it's like, yeah, these, you know, there are players that we were expecting more out of that we didn't necessarily get that from this season. Um, but for me, like, I think about someone like uh, uh, Valeski, or sorry, not Valeski, um, Tommy V. And I think about, like, the amazing season he had last season. But then where he was played this season, he, like didn't I mean he I mean he was amazing in the back line but he didn't make the impacts that he did last season and so I think you know there were a couple of things like that that um you know I think 
Pulaski, like, again, like, I don't, I don't know what goes on in the locker room. I don't know what's said or what happens during practice throughout the week. Um, but there were a couple of players that I was like, hey, like, you know, you know, based on their previous performance or, you know, whether that be in college or on other USL teams, you know, didn't, you know, produce in the same way. And so for me, I, when they're like, when that's happening for multiple players, I'm like, is there like some systemic thing that's happening? And I think, you know, I, I think especially towards the beginning of the season when the lineups would come out for the first couple of games and we wouldn't see Tommy in the same position that he was last season, we were like, okay, what does this exactly mean? Um, why aren't we playing to his strength? So I don't know. So I put Lily for the most disappointing player of the season, <laughs> um, which, you know, like, I know, like, you know, Lily technically isn't a player, but I think when it comes to who are, who's making the decisions, when it comes to the the lineups that are coming out, the formations that we're playing, and some of those kinds of things, um, not that I'm disappointed because, you know, we had a very successful season, but I think if I were to kind of pinpoint one thing to kind of critique about looking at the entire season, about things that I was personally expecting but then didn't see which is kind of how I think of a definition of disappointment um I think Lily is kind of the key for some of that again to say we had a very successful season obviously we finished first in the east you know blah 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 but that's where that's kind of my thought hashtag two subs Josh <laughs> Laura Ellen saying Lily out no that's not what I'm saying <laughs> oh my gosh dear lord I'm I never said Lily out. That was like the beginning of the season when I said that. And it was mostly Um, I mean, uh, kind of echoing Valeski, that was who I was going to pick. But I'll, it's it's also just weird because it's, it's not like he didn't know Lily's system because, like, he played for Lily 2015-2016. So it, it's like it was just surprising because, like, when we heard about Valeski – we, we made the jokes like up oh, another ex Rochester player, like, you know, and like up, oh, you know, Lily's getting the, the band back together. And it, it felt like we expected him to just like slot in and fit in and, and be what Lily was looking for. So it's just really surprising when that wasn't the case. Um, so it, it's not even that I think that he's a bad player that like he was disappointing in the fact that he, he didn't live up to potential. It's just the fact that it, it felt like he, was coming in with a leg up and didn't take advantage of that. Yeah. I want to say one more thing on, on Valeski. I mean, I, for me, like it all hinges on that uh, first time we went down to Memphis. He had been struggling a little bit trying to integrate into the team. He finally gets his goal and then it doesn't count because the game has to be replayed. And I'm putting Ugh. that on USL. Like, like I just imagine like yeah. had that goal stood, had we won that game, like does that mean a really different season for Christian? I think it would have. Yeah. He looked like a different player after that. Yeah. Yeah. Friggin' USL on the rest, but that's a different show. Um, Guys, we've got like so many more questions. (laughs) We're going to have to save some of these. So I'm just going to jump around here. Um, Let's try to keep this positive. Um, Daniel sent in a bunch of questions. Thank you, Dan. We're going to go with the one unexpected player whose option year will be picked up. So this is basically putting on your lily caps and trying to figure out, okay, you're putting together this team for next year. So basically, you know, what player that 
you think i guess we'll define unexpected very loosely because i think there's a lot of expected players like i think anybody in the starting 11 would probably be considered expected so at this point we're going down the bench and we're saying which one of the bench players that you might think people wouldn't consider to be back next year do you think will be back next year so doing eeny meeny miny mo justin i'll go with you who do you uh, think will be back next year that's unexpected yeah, I sort of have two. I mean, I think either Rivera or Velarde. I think either one of them, uh, you can kind of toss up whether you pick up their options or not. But, I mean, I think both of them showed enough this season that I would want to see them around for a second season to see what happens. I think if Jordan Dover starts getting more regular call-ups, you need a, you need a backup who can, who can play in that position. Um, and I think at this point in their careers, you probably maybe take Rivera over Frankie, but... Uh, I don't know. I mean, either one. Yeah. Steve, who do you got? Uh, I think that we're going to see one, if not both, of Prosper Figby and Caleb Smith back. Um, only because, you know, those guys were guys that I think Lily really had high hopes for, and then they both had those injuries at the beginning of the season. There's something there with both of them. They both got options, which means they're going to be cheaper than trying to go find someone else and trying to sign someone new. Um so, yeah, I think we're going to see them back. Laura Allen? Well, I was going to say Figby. But, I mean, for... You can, you can still say Figby. No, that's I know, fine. but I mean, I mean that's, that was going to be my reason, that I think um, Lily clearly saw something in him. He got injured, I believe, in the preseason. I don't think he had any minutes this season, um, which means he had the whole season to kind of observe and, you know, heal. Um, so, uh, yeah. Hey. And okay. I think Steven's option won't get picked up. I know we're skipping that question, but I really wanted to say it. Steven Dos Santos? <laughs> yes, because he's 30 years old. That's like ageism. Okay. Um, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Mark Forrest, because, you know, Ooh. he got us first place in the East. So uh, he has to come back. <laughs> I mean, he, you owe him at this point. If it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have had anything uh, as far as first place goes. So. Yeah, Mark yeah, Forrest. The Do you think that Mark Forrest like work out better if like he's just there? No, it works out if he comes time. back and starts the first game of next season. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> I was gonna say, do yeah. you think that Tuffy has pulled him aside and just been like, dude, as long as you need a job, like you can, you can, you can like serve nachos here. Like I don't care. Like I will pay you forever. Like it uh. just. Yeah. If not, he should have. He should have. Yeah. yeah. That, that's Tuffy's that getting on the great. phone right now, calling up Mark Forrest, yeah. going, "If you ever need a job, Kev, who's your?" Gotcha. Who's your no, I was legitimately going to say Mark Forrest too. Um, ha- half joking nice. because of like, how can you not? Final game of the season, stoppage time. <laughs> you know, we need a goal to finish first, and they finish first in the East, and he comes on, he scores it. He's a cult hero. Uh, but also, I think on the side of it, I mean, like, look. <laughs> You're in stoppage time in one of the most important games of the season, and the coach brings you on. I mean, Lily obviously sees something in him. Like, it, it, it's, and I think it's more than just he's tall, because as we, he's he's not even that. He's like six three. He's like you know Joe has like four inches on him. So I, I think th- there's something there that you know, like <laughs> Lily keeps putting him on the putting him on the bench because he, he at least has a base level of trust in him. Um, I'm I'm stretching a bit here, but I yeah I. I the question was most surprising, so I th- yeah, I think Mark Forrest is a is a good candidate for it. Hashtag two subs. <laughs> Hashtag. Two subs. 
I mean, he, fact that... he was one of the two, so... Yeah, yeah. And there's also the you know, the the legend of coming on for your first minutes for the hound <laughs> getting red card. and getting a red card within the first freaking like five minutes. Uh, seriously, I'm gonna get like a Mark Forrest jersey next year. It's gonna be great. Right? Come on. I think I think we also found the Steel Army's next monthly uh T shirt idea. Just hashtag yeah, there two we subs. Go. Um Oh no. Guys, let's do let's do no. one more. <laughs> let's do one more sort of like big open-ended question and then we're going to go sort of debate style where I'll sort of pick a question and throw it at one person and then we'll get like two people a chance to do a rebuttal and then we'll wave it and we'll move on. So last big one is what should be the second goal of the team in 2020? So I just sort of assume that everybody's first goal is to win the championship. Like, that's just sort of what the team says, what everybody says. What should the second goal of the team be? So this could be anything related to players on the field, coaching staff, um, facilities at Highmark, marketing, sales, whatever. It could be anything. But if you're toughy and you're sitting down right now and you're going, okay, well, it's a given I'm going to tell Lily he's got to go out and win the thing. What is the second thing that comes... I, I shouldn't say what's the second thing that comes to mind as toughy because now I'm asking you to be toughy. Don't be toughy. But, like... What's the second thing that comes to mind here? Uh, Josh, I feel like I've been going last to you a couple times, so we're going to start with you. It's uh, facilities. I, I feel like Highmark Stadium is nice uh, as far as the view goes, the placement of it, all that kind of stuff. But uh, as we saw with uh, the last uh, game of the season, it, when it's a packed house, I mean, it, it was cramped and, like, there was enough concessions and th- there's just a lot of stuff you can do around the stadium to improve it as far as uh, getting more concessions, getting more bathrooms, getting just in general, making it a more pleasant experience for how large you have that stadium. Um, so you can tell it was built for 3500 not for 6000 and it needs to be uh, improved there. And I, I do think Tuffy is going to do that. I mean, it's going to be a focus, but I just want to see the stadium grow with the team. And hopefully we see a growth again this next season. Uh, we had 34% growth this season, so I want to see it, you know, another 34%. And if that's going to happen, we're going to need better stadium or better facilities. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm very anxious to try to talk to Tuffy this offseason because he had mentioned, obviously, we sort of helped break the big news that – um, you know, him and his ownership group, I think that's right, uh, now own the land under Highmark. Um, and so that sort of opens them up to do a lot of things that previously they didn't want to really take on, obviously, because, you know, there was no guarantee they were going to be there. Now they're going to be there. And that sort of happened as the season was playing out. So now they have a whole offseason to plan. They could have been planning all this during during the season. And Tuffy already said he wants to make sure you know, bathrooms, concessions, things like that. So it will be very interesting to talk to him. Kev, what's, uh, what's the second goal for 2020 for you? I think you? With, with the kind of veiled intention of trying to make sure there's another 34% growth, I think the thing that helps that is a legitimate run in the Open Cup. Um, I mean, I still, can you imagine getting an MLS side in for Highmark? Maybe not even once, but twice. Like yeah. that, you know, to, to get an MLS team in, beat them, go on in the next round, get another. I mean, it, obviously a lot of this is still luck. I mean, because we've been there in the past and gotten drawn away and all that kind of stuff, and it's not fun. Um, but, you know, you give your chance, you, you give yourself more of a chance the longer you're in the, you're in the cup competition. So I think that would be something new. That would be something fresh. Um yeah, and it, and it would definitely stir up attention and, and get everyone excited in the city about soccer. So I think that'd be cool. Lara Ellen, what's your second goal for 2020? 
Yeah, I think uh, it should be to sell out Highmark for more than half the games of the 2020 season. I was trying to think, you know, very, like, concretely, like, what's something measurable that we could do. Um, But I think that is dependent upon, uh, you know, a lot of things. But I think part of that's dependent upon the facilities, which, um, which, you know, you brought up. I think when it comes to the the on-the-field play, I think something that... Um, we haven't really talked about right now is um, uh, our defense. And I think one of the things there is we need to win more goal kicks. And I don't know if that looks like getting a different keeper in the net or if that looks like, but our, our distribution um, from goal kicks this season was horrific. Um, and so, you know, I think from like a on the field perspective, I think, goal kicks are something that we should be you know winning you know 70 to 80 percent of them which we did not this season um so that's like a on the field off the field goal that i would like to see feels like you know as a hound fan there's those three inevitables right death taxes <laughs> and terrible distribution from the keeper um <laughs> definitely something we can improve upon steve what's your uh, second goal of 2020 so yeah i i'm gonna go Josh and Kev route that um, we need to be doing better off the field um, uh, in terms of getting people in. Um, And so for me, that's a marketing communication that the hounds need to find a way to be recognized locally. That a couple of billboards over in Connellsville that seeing the hounds on Tuffy's trucks isn't enough to get people excited. People are starting to know who the hounds are. Um, That needs to be present and evident in the city at this point. That's fair. Justin? Yeah, I mean, I think the way I thought about this question was more Lily than Tuffy. So, um, <clears throat> I mean, I think for me, it, it all comes back to defense, I think, a little bit. And I think we've we've just got to tighten back back up there. And I think that's a weird thing to say when you lead the league in clean sheets and, and, and you're right there in goals conceded. But I think we were so far and away the better team in that area in 2018 that I think – seeing us kind of slide a little bit in that in 2019 with our goals conceded, I think was a little bit disappointing. Uh, some of that I put on the growth of the league and the talented players around the league is just getting better. But I think other than that, I mean, I think it's just re kind of getting back to basics there, especially, you know, considering we gave up eight goals in the first four games of the season. And in and, and some of those, I think we just need to get back to, to basics a little bit there and make sure we're defending the net well. Um, and then I think we, you know, I will take step forward uh, in other areas as well. Yeah, it felt like, you know, we definitely locked things up down the stretch, but you're right. I think for the first half of the season, a lot of us were sort of looking around and going, you know, who who is this team? Like, what happened, you know, from what we saw the previous year? And I'm, I think that's one of my biggest concerns, you know, again, sort of bringing a little bit of doubt is – based on what we saw at the end of last season, I think a lot of us were thinking, okay, we're, we're bringing back a lot of the same guys. They're going to know the system. We're not going to have this sort of growing period. We're just going to jump right in. We're going to be on fire. And then like the beginning of the season, it was like, nope, no, we're not. Um, so hopefully we don't see the same sort of thing going into 2020. Um, all right, let's do this. So we got, like I said, a ton of questions here. Um, apologize if we don't get to all of them, but uh, here's what we're going to do. I'm just going to sort of pick a question and as I'm reading it, if you have a hot take on it, raise your hand and I will call on you and then we'll sort of do one or two rebuttals and then we're moving on. So first one up on the list came from Mike at one check 37. Do you think we lose any hounds to an MLS 
team. Josh, I couldn't tell if you're raising your hand or moving your mic, but I'm calling on you regardless. Um, I hope so. Uh, but I don't know who. <laughs> I was at moving my mic. <laughs> okay. Steve? Uh, if we lose anybody, I think it's going to be Robbie Mertz. Uh, because of his age, because of what he showed this year, I think uh, he was in the mix for Portland last year, I believe it was, um, in their combine. Didn't quite make it, but um, I don't think we're going to see any of the other guys go. If anybody, it's him. And, um, you know, I hope that if that happens, he is successful. I don't want to see that happen because I'm afraid that he'll just sit on the bench and won't be able to develop. And I'd much rather see him get the playing time here in a place where the fans in the city love him. Yeah, that's fair. Do you see the Hounds partnering with a USL 1 or 2 team for development? This was sent in by Storino. Justin, what do you think? Uh, no, uh, my answer is no, but I, I think I, I wish that my answer was yes. Um, I think that there is a lot of opportunity there. I think Pittsburgh is starting to show some opportunity there with teams, you know, some of these amateur teams. I know we'll talk about Hotspurs a little bit later and what they're doing with Steel City, but I think, um, I mean, I think some of those, some of those teams that are starting to pop up around Pittsburgh, I mean, I would love to see the Pittsburgh soccer community just kind of come together a little bit more rather than being so splintered. Um, and then I think that will lead to greater development for, you know, even Riverhounds Academy players as they're coming up through. Um, and so I, I would like to see it. Do I think it'll happen? Probably not. That's fair. Anybody feel differently? Lots of head shaking. All right, moving on. Do we need to add a striker of equal or greater quality of Nico Brett and greater consistency to make it deep into the playoffs? This was sent by Axel Bradley. Kevin, you, you didn't even raise your hand. I could just see your mouth opening. <laughs> Go and spit hot fire. Uh, Go. The answer is yes and no. I don't think we need to in order to make a run in the playoffs, but I will always say yes to signing someone with more goals in them. I think that's the no, that's the easiest way to quickly improve your situation on the field is to you know quote unquote buy goals um i think it's one of the hardest things to do i think you know if you look at a lot of great teams historically um by i i don't i haven't done an analysis of this but generally you know global good teams they tend to be more top heavy than than bottom heavy if you look at the past 30 years of 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 winning big games and all that kind of stuff so yeah i'm always for buying more goals when you can Thank you for not answering the question, Kevin. Laura Ellen, do we need to bring in need, another striker? No, yeah, I want yes. <laughs> oh, uh, I I just said yes. Yeah, I, I I don't really have. I mean, I think there needs to be more competition, uh, which I think we we touched on a bit earlier. Um, and I think we need more depth in that area. I also think we need more depth in the midfield. Uh, but but yeah. Um, and I think as, you know, Nico Brett and as I've already mentioned, uh, you know, Steven Dos Santos are uh, getting up in soccer years. Um, we need to have someone who can step in for them. And I think we've all seen, you know, both of them who, you know, ended up being our top forwards at the end of the season, um, you know, su- you know, we're sucking air like you know, 60 minutes into the game. And, and you can't have that when games are 90 minutes. Um, so the answer is yes. Okay. 
Steve, I noticed you uh, you sort of highlighted one other question here, and so I'll throw this to you. I don't know if that was your intention or not, but it's coming at you anyway. Mike in one check asked, why don't the Hounds get more lone players? Is that uh, what you were gunning for, or did you want something else? I mean, hey, I'll, I'll answer it. Um, uh, <laughs> you so, sound thrilled. <laughs> so here's my thing um, with, with lone players. Like, uh, most of the lone players that USL teams that are independent get come from MLS teams that don't have an MLS 2 team. Um, so we've, and they tend to loan their players very regionally, locally. Um, we're in a part of the country where there's not a lot of options for teams to loan to us. Um, you go north, Toronto's got their own team. You go east, now DC, Philly, New York have their own teams, right? Um, uh, so that leaves Columbus and Cincy. Well, first of all, I really don't want to get anybody from Cincy. Um, <laughs> not because I hate Cincy. Agreed. I mean, I hate Cincy, but I mean, come on, who are we going to get from them? They're not good in MLS. We don't want their rejects on our team, do we? Um, we got Lungard from Columbus uh, for a little while this season, but really, I mean, we're looking at Cincy and Columbus. So um, I just don't think there are a lot of options. So I really don't think we're going to have a high volume of lone players because we're not going to get from pl- many teams other than Cincy or Columbus at this point. Yeah, that's fair. Any rebuttals? Sure. Laura Allen? I, I just think... <laughs> Justin, think, I'm going to you next. Yeah, I yeah. just don't think it's Lily's coaching style. Um, he seems to want to mold players throughout the course of the offseason off and throughout the season, and you can't do that with lone players. And so um, while, you know, all of Steve's, Steve's points are correct, like there really aren't, you know, a bunch of teams that we can get lone players from, I just, I also just don't think like that's not how Lily coaches his teams. That's not how Lily prefers to do things. And so, unless we're like really in a pinch, I just don't see it being what he wants to do. Justin, I, I was just gonna go back one more step. I mean, I think the original question was, you know, do we need to add a striker of of Nico's quality or greater? Uh, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's the case. I think, I think the place where we need to, and this was my thought coming out of last season, and I don't think we addressed it was I, I really just think we need a creative midfielder. And I think Forbes has his talents. He's, he's unbelievably creative. But I think a lot of times he's sitting way too deep um, to really be pulling some strings and things like that. Um, I think where there were some moments even going back to the Louisville game where I saw Nico trying to make some runs where he was splitting two center backs and, and different things like that. And people just weren't getting the ball to him. And I think if you put a guy... And these are three players or two players who are who are available right now. Uh, you know, you put a guy like Lebo Meloto uh, back there. You put a guy like um, you put a guy like Emmanuel Ledesma, who I know we hate Cincy, but he led the league in assists two years ago. I just think you put one of those guys sitting behind Nico, behind Steven, who can really start pulling some creative strings. I think Nico's goal totals, I think Steven's goal totals um, will go up and we'll see that um, paying off. Do we need another striker? Yeah, we do. Absolutely. We, I, They're not going to bring Christian back, so we need another striker. But I don't know that it needs <laughs> to be the equal quality of Nico. I, yeah. I, I, I don't necessarily disagree with that, but going – like. I think it also the whole creative midfielder relies so much on the system that you want to play, and I'm just not I'm not convinced that Lily will play a system that can allow for and support a more creative midfielder and have 
kind of the other midfielders kind of carrying his water and doing all the shuttling. I think generally he like the, the midfielders he likes to play. And that's what, I think that's why Robbie Mertz ended up working so well is because he has moments of creative, you know, talent, but he he's one of the, you know, most aggressive, hardworking players in the midfield as well. So I, I agree. I think it'd be nice. I just, yeah, I, I, I question. And, and I, don't, I don't think Justin, you were even like trying to guess whether or not Lily would do it, but, but, as long as Lily here, I think it's going to be tough to kind of think of like a number ten player uh, in in the Hounds starting eleven. I mean, I and that's where I think you you see these creative midfielders all around the world who never who don't do their defensive duties whatsoever. I don't. You can't go get somebody like that. That's not that's not who I'm suggesting at all. I just I just think somebody who is equally good at passing the ball as Forbes, who can play a little further up the field. Somebody who maybe is just a combination of Mertz and Forbes has kind of those, uh, the shuttling ability of Forbes, but also the, like, uh, aggressive mentality of Mertz. You know, a, a little bit of each of them kind of mixed together, I think, works in that position. Yeah. No, I think it's, I think that's well put. Um, as I mentioned, we got a ton of other questions. We're actually going to skip pretty much all of them um there was a lot of a lot of great questions about you know what's the east going to look like next year we obviously ottawa is out nashville is out um fresno's out in the west there's a new san diego team that's coming in so we'll we'll save that for a whole another discussion there's another question about pro rel which i feel like we could do like eight shows about pro rel so um we will we will get to that this offseason we're looking for a number of different topics um, and we already have a few that are lined up that we think are going to be really, really good sort of debate-type, conversation-type shows. So um, we appreciate everybody that sent those in. We will talk about them. Guys, I want to finish with one big, just open-ended question for each of you, and then we'll sort of do some housekeeping and uh, touch on a few final things here. What are you most looking forward to in 2020? So it could be, again, it could be something about on the field. It could be anything related to festivities. It could be anything at all related to the hounds what are you most looking forward to in 2020 josh what's it gonna be um growth uh both on the field but mostly off the field i'm looking forward to seeing the hounds organization as a whole in the city grow and it's been super awesome to be a part of that and watching it grow over the last you know five years or so but i i think it it could it has potential to get even bigger and i think it will get bigger and so just you know enjoy that ride yeah steve oh gosh that's uh i mean that's there's so many ways i could answer this i'm gonna go the really really selfish route and say uh the uh louisville game here at highmark being on a day that because they've come twice to uh to highmark this fall and i have had class both days which means i'm getting out of oakland at five o'clock to get home take the dog out get back down to highmark and don't get to spend any time with the greatest fans in the league who cheer for the worst team uh uh, personnel wise in the league (laughs) i will say greatest fans of the league that's wrong but i I will say that you 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 are missing out on some. I great know players. it's That's just all. like it, it is. It has been so frustrating. I've not been able to be at the tailgates with the Coopers, and it is so frustrating. They're great people. Yeah, Laura Ellen. Well, I should say that the original question said, "What are you looking for most looking forward to in 2020?" And my answer was Brighton winning. <laughs> <laughs> but then you clarified it on air which i don't feel is fair to my homework no, uh, no i think um can, can we have realistic I, I things think, Laura? <laughs> i 
very nice. (laughs) (laughs) You can make fun of us all we want, all you want. Just wait and see. Okay, anyway, but I I think for me, uh, yeah, going off what Josh said, I think um, each season, you know, especially, like, recently, like, you know, I think of, like, two years ago with the rebranding and then this year with the anniversary season and the Hall of Fame videos, which I feel like... Um, we haven't talked about for a while or I haven't, I think they like released them all, but, um, you know, I think just finding ways not only for the facilities and the environment to continue, um, at Highmark to just continue to get better, but then also how it, how are the Riverhounds like really connecting to the people in Pittsburgh and in Western Pennsylvania? And I think that's something that I'm just really excited to see what is moving forward. I think, um, you know, obviously, like, uh, playoff games have a bit of have a different vibe than, um, you know, regular season games. But, um, you know, really, you know, I was in line um, during the, the Louisville game, and there were some, um, you know, rather intoxicated young people behind me. And they were like, oh, you know, like, if they win, like, we're going to come back, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, yeah, I think I'm going to get the flex pass for next season. And like, they were talking about – and so I, I, I hope that – I love that they were drunk and talking about getting a flex pass for next season. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's very cute. Um, and I'm just like, please, please don't throw up on me. Uh, I'm just kidding. Um, but no, but but I think like I think that energy is building, and so that's what I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see how um, the city continues to connect and continues to get engaged with. Uh, the Riverhounds as an organization with the players. Um, I think a lot of the stuff that the players and the organization do off the field, like, um, you know, the program where they like go into um, physical education classes in lower income communities and like engage with the kids. Like, I I think all of that stuff is really awesome. And so just like continuing to build that, um, I think is really important. And so that's what, that's what I'm excited about and, and looking forward to. And, yeah, I'm excited for next season and, you know, all the player signings to come out and see who we're getting back and who some new people are that we're getting. It should be a good time. Are you going to have to get a third season ticket for next year? Or are they just going to let you, you know, bring the baby with you? Uh, we are. We haven't decided what we're doing, so. Okay. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Justin, what are you most looking forward to? Yeah, I mean, I would echo everybody's thought. I think just did the last, I mean, even six seven weeks or so i've had more you know i've had more people just come up and be like oh i heard the hounds are doing you know i mean because people know i'm into it but like they're like oh i heard the hounds are doing really well um and so that's just been fun to like see people kind of respond that way that it's not just like oh yeah the hounds you go to the games that's cool but they're like oh yeah i heard they're doing well so it just seems like they're making more inroads and you know the you know the freak morning show or whatever it is talking about uh talking about them and and Mark Madden talking about them. I just think all of those things contribute to um, kind of how people see this team, you know, and I think obviously winning in Pittsburgh means a lot. And so I think that that also helped, but it's just, it's just really cool to see some people who, you know, I probably talked about with the, you know, about the hounds before um, and they're just kind of eyes glaze over and like, who cares? But you know, them coming back kind of late this season and be like, oh, yeah, I heard the Hounds are doing well. I'll have to come make it to a game sometime. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. You got to come make it to a game. So uh, I, I'm looking forward to more of that, and I hope that that just continues um, as, you know, this next couple years progress. 
Yeah, no doubt. Kev, what are you most, I mean, from afar, I guess, what are you most looking forward to so, in 2020? It's, it's, this isn't like my actual answer, but I, I really just want to talk about it because it's, it's, I don't, I don't think you ever actually answer a question <laughs> as this worded. Is, this is how, no one can pin me down on anything because I never actually give anything <laughs> of substance than anyone. Um, it's it, it, it keeps, just because it it's, it keeps pop it's it, it kept popping up in my head the fifty odd minutes we've been recording or whatever and we haven't talked about it yet, um, but I'm I'm weirdly really excited about the new training facilities. Um, I remember when that when that story broke, um, I was I was pumped. I think it was the same week when we got the news that uh, Tuffy now owns the land under the stadium, and that that was that was a huge week. I think the training facility. I mean, I'm not it's I'm not going to say they're world class training facilities, but honestly, it's not going to be too far away from it. I mean, to have um, you know the the kind of top of the line uh, health uh, uh, facilities and 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 sports medicine and physical therapy uh, facilities right there on site to have that many soccer fields, what is like 25 soccer fields, um, indoor, you know, great indoor facilities out It's going to be a really good thing for the area, for the, for the team, first and foremost. I mean, to have that can help attract more players. That's going to improve the quality of training. Um, but also I, I forget who mentioned it when the, the story first broke, but an opportunity for more kind of soccer events to take place in Pittsburgh because now we have the infrastructure to do it. Um, so that's, I think that's kind of, I, I just, I want to see more pictures, more video, more news articles about that. Um, I'm excited to, to see how that grows in 2020. Yeah. I think, you know, you guys sort of summed up really well, all of the same things that I was thinking. I think the one other thing that I'm really kind of hoping for is Justin, you touched on a little bit. It's just more coverage of the team. It definitely felt like towards the end, you're starting to see Mark Madden's at more of the games. You mentioned the Morning Freak Show talking about the games. I made a comment during the one playoff game that, oh, you know, it'd be great to see the the Post-Gazette and the Trib actually cover the team. And, you know, the last game of the season, if you open up the sports section on Sunday, they both had pictures and articles on the last page of the sports section, but there was something there. And so, like, you know, as much as you hate to say, and, like, it's the last page, but... It's got to start somewhere. So, you know, if both of those, if, if the Trib and the Post-Gazette start to realize that, you know, this is a team that's worth covering and they start, you know, we get to middle section next year, that's a step up, which would be fantastic. And it seems like a lot of the mainstream news personalities uh, are always out there tweeting about the team and things like that. So I think, again, it's just that collective growth of, of, uh, of, consciousness about the team around the city is something I'm really looking forward to and hope that it continues because obviously playoff soccer is very different from, you know, April showery, miserable opening season soccer. So, um, yeah. So that's what we think. Obviously let us know about your thoughts. Cause we talk about a ton of stuff here, guys, there's a ton of other soccer news going on right now. And we're not obviously going to talk about it here because we're basically out of time. Um, Pitt's men's team is on a tear in the ACC tourney, so, you know, kudos to them and good luck as they continue down the road there. The news broke that Steel City has joined with Pittsburgh Hotspurs. I think, Justin, you mentioned that to become sort of one large organization. I'm actually going to be talking to Steel City's head coach this Thursday for an interview that's going to air on Monday. So if you have questions for him, send them over to me, and I'll make sure that uh, that we get to him um, and we answer those questions on air. And, but that's And you said Steel City's that- – but isn't he also like the Hotspurs like GM or something? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Um, so yes, th- there's a lot of things that are sort of shifting and changing and things like that. But uh, no, I, I've received emails that uh, it's Coach Tomo, I believe. Um, that uh, yeah. So gonna talk to him on Thursday. Um, and then the other big news is that uh, the Mongols anniversary kit, which we were sort of plugging for the last few shows, um, you know, we really appreciate. Everybody sort of came out and bought some in force, and thanks to you, we were able to raise four hundred dollars that we're gonna donate to Community Human Services, which is fantastic um you know we yeah we we uh huge thanks to everybody that ordered kits um like i said the goal is to get those in before the holidays so that hopefully you have something that you can put under your tree and then uh we'll go from there but uh, not the not the last you'll hear about community human services we have a lot of really cool ideas for things that we can sort of do and get out there and more fun things that will benefit you personally that will also in turn help benefit a great organization like them so um Again, thanks for that. Really appreciate it. I think that's it for this one. Is there anything else from anybody before we wrap this thing up and put it to bed? Nothing? Nada? Awesome. Is it preseason yet? It's, it, you know? Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yes, it is. I'm ready. I, I need time. It, you guys uh, are... Uh, yeah. yeah, I, no, yeah, I, I really need, hope I the off-season surges <laughs> through. Yeah. <laughs> I, it always feels like it's going to take a long time. And then what? I think last time we talked to Tuffy, maybe two weeks after the season was over, and he's like, yep, we're going to start announcing some signings. And it was like right away. It was like, boom, boom, boom. Who are we bringing back? So it'll be very interesting to see if that happens again. Um, yeah. I always say like, oh, we're going to take a break. We never take a break. There's always news. There's always stuff happening. So, yeah. We'll be back next week. Thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Head over to mongols.com. Hear all the shows that we put out. You can follow us on Twitter at mongols, at mongolspod on Instagram. You know, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, wherever you listen to the show. Go follow. Leave us a review. Otherwise, let us know what you thought about this one. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you very, very soon. Cheers. Later. Bye. Ciao.